0: what's up y'all have a seat it's your favorite hour of the week with the facts over axe crew we got the master of the mix and master josh guyton in the building that is i we got the money man the man with the plan chris island in the building right here right here and you got the little old mc that's me we have a college football heavy episode we are going to be mostly talking about the NFL and college football. But before we get into any other sports, my two co-hosts have already told you they are baseball guys, so we cannot go without congratulating the Dodgers on winning this World Series. And like I said, this saved this from being the Bill Buckner era because that actually cost the Red Sox that series. This, however, this they came back from. So congratulations, Dodgers. Congrats!
1: It should have been five, but y'all got it done. Y'all got it done.
0: You know, both team, both LA teams. It should have been five, but somebody just had to commit an error in a very really <laughs> crucial moment. Both, hey, hey, I know, I, 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 and I thought we just did I mean, cyberbully and Daddy I thought
2: we just
0: and Daddy Green. <laughs> is he still on the contract or is he going to the free agency? If he going to the free agency, no, no more cyberbully. There's no need. But I think he's They're still on the contract. Out. I think he got They're a year left.
2: Ten million dollars. They gonna pay him ten million dollars, bro.
0: Yep, yep. More time to cyber, Willie. He needs it. He needs it. Uh, He needs all of it. But (laughs) anywho, uh, I was very upset with Danny Green, but we're going to talk college football upsets for a moment. Uh, Which upset do you all think was bigger, Texas beating number six Oklahoma State or Michigan State pulling off the win against Michigan? Now, Oklahoma State lost 41-34 in overtime. Michigan State beat Michigan 27-13. By the way, Oklahoma State was ranked number six. Michigan was ranked number
1: 13. Um, I think Oklahoma State losing is the bigger uh, upset just because through the hardball era at Michigan, I think at this point Michigan's uh, mystique or their appeal is more that uh, hardball is in charge of the program as opposed to their actual performance. If, If you came into uh this this you know partial season or whatever we want to call this thing is and told me that Michigan didn't have a great uh performance or turnout throughout the season I wouldn't be surprised I don't see any we didn't see Michigan as a standout um I mean to be completely honest I've been off and on with college football but we haven't seen Michigan as a standout through any of the hardball years have we uh well it depends on what you mean
0: the standout like playoffs? No, no, they, they, okay. they have not been in the playoffs at all. Okay, all right. So, 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 just, all right. so gonna, I see no reason. <laughs> no, I, I'm, gotta, just,
1: just, no I'm, just, I'm just a little no, passionate because I'm a it's Michigan fashion. guy. I'm a little passionate right. oh, okay. because I'm a Michigan okay. guy. But at gotcha. the same time, it's like if you came into this weekend telling me that um, Michigan State beat Michigan, I wouldn't be surprised. It's happened wow. before. It's bound to happen again. I don't. I don't see why that this would even be considered an upset because Michigan is ranked. Why is Michigan ranked?
0: I. You know. I mean, Michigan is a team like Texas that they have the name and the history to where every year we're asking, "Are they back? Is Michigan back? Is it? right?" And don't and and like don't get me wrong. Like I don't think that Michigan has been truly what Michigan. Is up to Michigan standard since Lloyd Carr has been there. I think ever since Lloyd Carr has been like a, a steady slide with like some ups, some downs. I think that Harbaugh has had a more up than he had, uh, more up than they were recently. But I, I don't think that they've been as good as they were under Lloyd Carr or earlier than that under Lloyd, Bo any of any of that. Not Chris, what you thinking, man? What you thinking? Who's who's the biggest upset for you? Well, for
2: one, my thing is Oklahoma State. I, um, don't
0: catch me if I'm wrong, but I believe they have a
2: lot of players off of COVID,
0: right? Uh, I didn't think so. I thought they were doing a fairly decent job with it. Let me let me check and see here. I mean, I know they yeah. head coach is a COVID denier. I know that much, but you know, uh, that's why I, don't, I That's why I thought they were doing, you know, bad. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I'll tell you that much. I wouldn't be surprised. Oklahoma State did have an outbreak earlier that caused them to delay their game against uh, Baylor. But that's pretty much it. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. It was Baylor who had the COVID COVID that caused it to be. So it was Baylor, not Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has allegedly, is allegedly fine.
2: Okay. Okay, I just read they only had three players out, so never mind. Okay, then that changes everything. Okay, so my original thought, <laughs> if Oklahoma State had COVID problems, I was gonna say Michigan, Michigan State was, but I mean at this point in in Michigan's career, and I was texting people that like some of my colleagues that went to Michigan. I, I was just telling them like, look, I don't think you guys are ever gonna win big games until y'all get oh, rid my of the towel because. Because, oh, because I mean, it's facts. what big game has he won? Like he he's he's beat hey. Michigan State when they when they have had crappy teams. Even when he had Michigan State on a silver platter, they muffed a punt at the end of the game.
0: <laughs> hey, this is facts he over acts. He had on a silver
2: this, silver this, platter.
0: This is facts over acts. So, That's uh, why so, it's not an upset. I, okay, all right, all right. So everybody's on the fire hallball trade here. Is this is this what I'm hearing? Yeah, he ain't bingo.
1: I, no, I mean, listen, listen listen, listen, listen,
0: listen,
2: listen. Okay, his name is gonna get you them four or five star players. His name, right? And, and just right. just the Michigan culture. But them I was just Rome, about to say, I don't, I don't think that.
0: it's, I don't think it's hardball. Mm-hmm. I think it's Michigan because even during Michigan's worst times, they could still pull five stars. Even in Michigan's yeah. absolute with Rich Rod, they were still finding five and four stars to bring up out of nowhere. And they were awful under Rich Rob. Not awful. But yeah, awful for Michigan standards under Rich Rob. Like six and six, barely making bowl games, and they still were pulling four and five stars. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if the argument is the only thing Harbaugh does is bring in five stars, then, yeah, I agree Harbaugh needs to go. Uh, but here's here's my thing. I honestly and truly, I guess I'm the only one who believes Michigan is the bigger upset here. I I guess I'm by myself here. Uh, That's fine (laughs) with me. But I I think Michigan is the bigger upset for two reasons. For two reasons. Number one, Texas has shown flashes, and they have a quarterback that is legit. Sam Ellinger is probably going to be playing on Sundays. Like that's Everybody knows that the, the thing holding Texas back is head coach Tom Herman. They got rid of Beck. Beck has showed at NC State. He wasn't the problem. Beck, when he has his starting quarterback at NC State, is undefeated. Now, granted, their starting quarterback was out the first game due to COVID, out the rivalry game with a broken leg, but still, he's undefeated with his full uh, slate of weapons. However, Texas has gotten worse offensively under this new offensive coordinator. But the reason that I say Michigan is the bigger upset is because the things that Michigan was supposed to do well, they didn't. Michigan is supposed to play good defense. Michigan is supposed to take away whatever your best thing is. Defensively, they're supposed to take it away. Joe Milton played well. If you would have told me Joe Milton's going to be extremely efficient and he's going to throw the ball pretty well over 300 yards and Michigan's going to lose that game, I would have bet my house on that. I would have bet my I would have bet my house, Chris house. I would have bet parlay house. I would have bet everybody's house. <laughs> on the fact that, like, oh, Milton going to throw for 300? They're going to win that game easily. But not only could they not run the ball, but they also couldn't uh, stop number seven for Michigan State. He went off for of 200 receiving yards, dunking on the same corner all night. And um, the, the last thing, Michigan State got whooped by Rutgers last week. Rutgers ain't won a Big Ten game since Greg Shanna was the head coach the last time. So, I mean, you know, this. That's the bigger upset to me, but I understand why y'all don't believe in Harbaugh. I got, I got a question, Gibbs. Why do this
2: to get all, get all these trips to Rome and all that for these workouts? Like, what, what the, have they done to deserve all
0: that? Like, that's a lot of I money mean, spent. So, so to here's the there. thing. In the NCAA, you learn very early. It's not about what you deserve. It's about what you can afford. Because the NCAA is a nonprofit, every dime that they generate and make has to go back into these programs they have to find a way that's why every time you look up a new top 10 program has a a weight room that looks like a spaceship or a locker room that has xboxes all over the place like that's that's where that's from they have to they are obligated to spend the money back into the program because it's quote-unquote non-profit so there's what there's i get it i
2: get it i get it but I think they should invest in some something, man, something else because I, I ain't giving players that keep losing to big game in the big games.
0: I ain't giving them no. And you know the crazy Sorry. part about this? This wasn't even supposed to be a big game. This was supposed to be business as usual, go in, <laughs> keep the Paul Bunyan trophy, keep it pushing. But boy, that hurt. And by the way, by the way, the only reason why oh another reason why I look at this as a huge upset is because. No coach beats Michigan in their first try. None. Only two Michigan State coaches in the history of the program have done this. The current head coach and Nick Saban. Like, what? I got,
2: actually, actually, I got to flip my opinion, I guess. You saw me because I really think the Michigan State – think about it like this. If Michigan goes on to lose the rest of their games this season, are you surprised?
0: So if they're going to Drew. lose the rest, if they're going well, to the, lose the, rest the, rest, the rest of the, the rest
2: of the games that matters, not like the game, you know, the rest of the games that matter. Oh, the rest yeah. of the big games? Um, not yeah. really.
0: After this game, no. After this exactly, game, exactly,
2: no. exactly. And if Michigan does, just like what happened, like they, 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 they should have, they should have won a few of those games.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So you know, shout out to Mel Tucker. Shout out to him. It we, it it is tough. And anytime you find yourself in the same category as Nick Saban, especially in a college football stat, you've got to be geeked up about that because, again, no coach does it their first try. Nobody. But he found a way. So we're going to move on from that to another one of Chris's teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers hey. are the, they're the only <laughs> undefeated. I mean, listen, he can talk it right now because it – yeah. They're the only undefeated team left in the league. And the words and, of Chase Claypool, losing? What's that? Hey, and you know what? <laughs> and you know what? Chase Claypool can talk that because he's not some bum who's just been out there. Too. Like, Chase Claypool, as we said on the pod from day one, he's a, he's a bona fide star. So, do y'all trust him to knock off the Chiefs in the playoffs? Like, if it's them and the Chiefs in the playoffs, is that something that you can see feasibly happen? I can't
2: make that judgment yet again. I gotta see how Le'Veon Bell integrated in that offense is gonna mm-hmm. look. Mm-hmm. But if we if, if I had to pick a team to beat the Chiefs, we got the weapons to beat the Chiefs. We got we got the experienced quarterback. We got the receiver core. We got we got a decent run game in James Conner. I mean he's coming along. He's not he's not a Le'Veon Bell, but he's coming along. Um we got I feel the offensive that. line. I feel like. Our defense has been amazing this year. Lights out, lights, so lights out. Just, oof. I mean, and, and it seemed like luck been on our side because that Titans game. I swear, I thought it was gonna be bought. Like y'all, um, wow, it, We're, it, it, wow, it's, it, 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 it's just. All right, y'all. All, right, all right, for... uh, hear the Don Tolliver
0: playing. We need to go ahead. <laughs> 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 I will not be talked to like this by a young man who uses Beijing. I will not stand it. No, but but seriously though, no, I I feel that I feel that I feel that. So, guy, do you think that the Steelers have what it takes to knock off the Chiefs? Um,
1: yes, I do. It's just a matter of of it actually happening. Um, I, I definitely think that we're not deep enough into the season to make an accurate assessment of whether or not that's going to happen. But as mm-hmm. things currently stand, if the pits if the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers play the the Chiefs in the playoffs in the afc championship and let's say that started right now i right. wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if we saw the Steelers winning but it's still a lot more football left to play we, we uh a lot of mid-season predictions have blown up in people's faces i mean you talking to a guy that had the clippers winning going into the bubble so
0: oh you did oh <laughs> you, you, we, we was gonna make this clipper free oh i gotta talk about Man. it yeah. what yep. the fuck
1: it stopped Look, it it's It being clipper free. It clipper free when y'all brought up the the Doc Rivers of college football, which is which is Jim Harbaugh.
0: So, oh my lord! Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! This nah, man we, just let, called let's, Jim let's Harbaugh. Talk about let's talk about it. Let's talk the about The Doc I Rivers. Okay. <laughs> And you know what? Whenever somebody is called the Doc Rivers or something, it's never anything good. It's never like, whenever hey, you hey, call somebody Doc Rivers. Unless you talk Doc about Rivers, 08 Doc Rivers, the Doc Rivers, everybody swears by 08 Doc Rivers. <laughs> but, but see, and here's here's the thing for me, bro. With God, and we got to get back to slandering the Clippers. That's crazy. But <laughs> with with Doc Rivers, or actually, Doc Rivers not even a Clipper no more. So we're not slandering. We're slandering the, the 76ers now. With Doc Rivers. That 08 season and the fact that, like, that's all we know from him and that's all we remember as, like, greatness. Like, three stars that are on the tail end of their prime. Because let's be honest, none of them were washed at that time. None of them were washed yet. You get what I'm saying? Like, Ray Allen had lost some athleticism. All of them lost a little bit of athleticism. KG was still a year or two removed from MVP candidacy. Like, that's that was a, a thing and like we all look at him like, yeah, look at how amazing Doc did with that team. <laughs> Duh. We I could right. I could coach that team up. You hey guys in there and coach. Paul Pierce run ISO. Perkins, uh Kevin Garnett set an elevator screen for cutting Ray Allen. Uh Rondo, you figure out where you're gonna fit into this. We're gonna let you be the playmaker a little bit. Play hard defense, guys. Boom.
2: Uh, since he's on the Clippers and he on the Sixers Now let me just read y'all this funny thing I know they just got my boy Daryl Morey That kind of hurt a little bit seeing Daryl Morey go over to that side Especially when I thought he's going to take a year off And maybe come back to the Rockets since we've been winning with him But not winning in the playoffs Obviously but winning in the regular season But let me just read y'all this about the, the 76ers, Tobias Harris $33,517,241 Al Horford This is 2020 To 2021 by the way 27500000 Joel Embiid, $29,542,010. Really? Josh mm. Richardson, 10800000 mm. Ben this Simmons, thing. 29250000 Mike Scott, $5,535,000. Five Zaire Smith, $3,204,600. And then Matisse Thibault, 2711280
0: that's all so, the players they have on the team. Everybody else is free agent. So everybody from Mike Scott down has a reasonable contract. Everybody from yes. Mike Scott down has a re- yes. The rest that's, of them. That, that's it.
2: <laughs> Whew. They Whew. have. They have. They have t- a total of ten players that are returning. If you count uh, Furkin, corkmoss and Shake Milton, they both only getting just under two million a year, which is not bad contracts for either one of them. They 23, no. 24 years old, right, so right. they that's that's all they have on the books. And that Tobias and Al Horford right there. I know Daryl Murray's a wizard with the trades, but
0: I don't. Oh, no, he gonna anybody. have to be a wizard. He gonna have to be. A, he gonna have to go to the Wizards and be a wizard. Hey, wizard. <laughs> Tobias Harris
2: has never won an All Star been well been to an All Star game,
0: and he's getting paid the most on this team. Hey, listen. Sometimes you just got to go to the Wizards and say, "What can we give you for Bill and Wall?" Sometimes you got to do that, and this is one of those moments, okay? You because this is, woof, this is tough. Uh, I mean, well, but, but Wall Wall is going to be making like forty million. I, I don't know. I don't oh, know. that's a good point. That's it. Sounds like a whole lot of amnesty talk going on. But but back to football. <laughs> back back to football here. Do I believe that the Steelers can knock off the Chiefs? I think they can. I think they can. I think that really of all the teams, any team that has a really great defense and a good running game, you're in contention. You're in contention to do so. But, like, your defense has to be great. Not good, great. And the Steelers have that. They have playmakers, difference makers, game changers at every level. Like, there's not a single – you look on the defensive line, Cam Hayward is still doing it like he did when he was in his uh, mid-20s. You look at the, the linebacking court. If Bud Dupree ain't on your head, TJ Watt is. If TJ Watt ain't on your head, Devin Bush is. It's just like, Jesus Christ, can I get a break? Please. And then you look in that secondary, a uh, perennial pro bowler, Joe Hayden, up and coming star, which he's now solidified as a star, but I still think he has another level to go to. Minka Fitzpatrick back there. There is. You know, it, when I watch Mika Fitzpatrick play, all I can say is Mika, Mika Fitzpatrick is good at football. That is an objective fact, friends. That is. So I think they have what it takes. I think that really the uh, the Titans they don't their quarterback isn't good enough, and their defense is good, not great. Um, the Ravens, eh, I I don't know. I don't know about their backs. I don't because you need a solid running game. And I don't want Lamar running – I would not want Lamar running it the entire game against them. But, you know, I don't, I don't know if Dobbins and, and Mark Ingram will be enough to get that done. And uh, who's who's the other team I'm thinking of out the AFC? You got the Ravens. You got – the Steelers and the Titans. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Titans, yeah. That's it. That's those are all we, the teams. We knocked
2: off the Ravens. So if we split with the Ravens one one, I'm not really worried about the Ravens. And plus we saw what the Ravens doing in the playoffs last year against the Titans. i you know bit what though? I'ma I'm say this.
0: I'ma say this. I'ma say this. People tend to forget because of how long or how well he's been doing it. Lamar is in year three. He's in year three yeah, In year I, two. No, know, I know. Year two yeah. as a four-time starter. But however, one thing that I do believe that everybody is going to hate me for saying, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. Harbaugh at times, and this we're talking about John, not Jim. Harbaugh at times tends to... Wet the bed in critical moments. He's done it lately. He's done it. I'm sorry. We got to call a thing oh, a thing here. so it's, oh, just, it's, just, it's just a hardball thing. It's
2: just a hardball thing, huh?
0: Listen, I don't know what's been going on. The fact that when they got down against the Titans, all of a sudden it became, they weren't down 20 points. They were down like 10 or a touchdown. And it was like, all right, we're going to spread it out, go empty, let Lamar throw the ball 30 times. Like, what? The, no, no. Don't forget who bought you to the dance. Don't forget who brought you to the dance. That's like if, if you and your partner had a great relationship going, everything going good, y'all live together, y'all getting busy every single night. And then they're like, I don't want you to propose. I'm gonna stop having sex with you. Like you're, you're <laughs> abandoning, you're abandoning who brought you to the dance. That doesn't add up. That You can't do that. Like that's just, so you know, they, they're basically, whatever, Anywho. If Harbaugh does not blow it into critical moments, I could see the Ravens pulling it off because Lamar Jackson is, to me, a top-five quarterback in this league, and you cannot convince me of otherwise. So, yeah, I could see the Steelers, Ravens, or possibly, I don't really want to say Titans. I could say Steelers or the Ravens doing it. So now, you know what? We might as well name this Chris's episode because we got all the Chris's boys today. We're got we going to have Chris's interlude. We're going to let you talk Unabridely and unabashed about y'all coaching staff and y'all moves over there with the Rockets. Talk to us, Chris. Hey, I'm loving
2: it. Hey, hey, episode 26 turned into my favorite episode. I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: But anyway. <laughs> hey, don't sue us, McDonald's. Don't sue us, please. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. They didn't even know it was McDonald's, Gibbs. See, I, I was all off melody and everything. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm loving this, man. My Steeler's are on point. The Rockers didn't get Jeff like y'all thought. He, y'all tried to jinx me. You know, you gives hashtag gives is wrong coming out tonight, fellas. Hashtag wow. gives is wow. wrong. Because I didn't got even say short. he was the guy.
0: I didn't even no, say he was the guy. Tried I said he was Jixi. in contention. You I said he was to in Jixi. contention. What now, now, Josh? Josh, we're gonna ask you to be the mediator. Factually, was I wrong in saying that uh, Jeff Van Gundy was in contention? According to reports, he was the lead runner. So we had the. Okay, so I wasn't wrong. <laughs> I, was, I was not. I didn't say that y'all was going to get him. I just said he was in the running. But but I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> want to interrupt no more on Chris's episode. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. So so we got we got Steve Silas.
2: I'm going to go call him Steve because I, I know they're going to call him Steve after a while, especially Hardy mm-hmm. and Russ. But. Man, this guy, I did my research on him after I found out he was the coach because I hadn't really had – I knew of him, but I hadn't really had any, like, details about him. This guy is very patient. Now, let me just tell you all how patient he is. He spent 20 years as an assistant coach before he finally got his first coaching job. Mm. 20 Mm. years. I don't know any man that's that patient for anything.
0: Oh, absolutely (laughs) not.
2: Absolutely. So so just for just hearing that, I know he's going to be a good for the Rockets because the one thing you got to have when you have James Harden is patience. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So a, another he, quick thing I found about him, though, he's
0: well-respected in the league, and he was the key reason for Lucas' jump this year. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Like you said, patience with Harden is important because when you go down to Miami – and this the pandemic may be going on still next year, and when you go down to Miami and you see Harden on on Instagram at Ace of Spades, you gonna have it's gonna take everything in you to not choke the life out that man. It's gonna take everything in you, man. <laughs> he up there with lap dance Lou in terms of strip club legends.
2: I mean, in hard defense, after he lost to Shanti, it was kind of like, uh, eh, I, 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 I do what I want. Nah, that's a fumble, that's a fumbled on the bag if you ask me. So. <laughs> That's a fumble but, you can't recover from. Yeah, yeah. You lose Asante, you just, yeah. yeah I, I don't. It's, it's not a lot of reasons why you would leave Asante. But anyway, so another thing, um, Steven Silas, Um, I feel like he's going to be good. They definitely took the Black Lives Matter and, and they stood by it. they hiring a black coach. And I think that uh, him and Raphael would be a good team in the front office and GM area and the head coaching role because they're already going in the next direction. And it looks like Nate McMillan just is the leading candidate for
0: assistant coach. I'll let you speak on Nate McMillan for a
2: second gig because that's your guy.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me tell you something. There are a few coaches that, like, I, I I beat on the table for and say, like, this guy, he's a guy. He's the guy. Nate McMillan, the only thing that I think his problem has ever been, he happened to coach at the same time that LeBron James was playing, and he did not have LeBron James on his team's. That's legitimately the only gripe that I would have with Nate McMillan. And I know some Pacers fans who, who would listen may disagree with that at certain points. But I just want y'all to objectively look at what he's done with what he has had to work with. He does not play players an uh, unrealistic amount of minutes like uh, Thibodeau and where you expect injuries. Yet somehow every year his stars have come up lame in the playoffs and he still made something happen with that that to me defensively any head coach who can get you there defensively to me that's an elite head coach number one and number two that's a guy that you need on your staff in any capacity because the nba today it's if you play the slightest modicum of defense you have put yourself in the playoffs if you combine that defense with one or two really good scores. You're in contention for the finals. And the Rockets were never that before. Let's be honest. Except for the years when they had Chris Paul. They were in contention for the finals then. But other than that, there was never a time where we seriously looked at the Rockets and were like, yeah, yeah, I can see them in the finals this year. You mean if so, y'all I mean, seriously looked at it, I didn't. <laughs> like I said, I could not in the past few years. But like I said, Nate McMillan, he's, he's just – when you talk about defensive schemes in all of basketball from like college up, the number one guy would probably be uh, Bennett out there at UVA. That backline defense, I don't know how it works the way it does. I don't know how he coaches everybody up in it and they all know their roles and execute them to almost perfection at times. But what I do know is he's the best at it. Second, third, somewhere in there, I'd have to go with uh, Nate McMillan. So, yeah, that's that's my little spiel on him. All
2: right. And then another thing about uh, Steve Silas, um, he also was a big reason why – I said that already, but I got another point after this. He also was a big reason why Luca made his jump this year. And, and they're just saying his one-on-one ability with a star player is is amazing. They were saying that he really gets them to look at the game a different way and helps them see things that they don't usually see when they're playing. So, uh, so he's really, really good. He's Houdini Brown, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, you see how Luka played this year. They have the number one offensive efficiency this year yeah. in history, I believe. So, in history, get out of here. I think it was. You talking about the maths?
1: Yeah, yeah. The Mavs, had the uh, statistically speaking, they had the best offensive season in basketball history.
0: Oh right. my god, that's that's great. Well, I could see, and for those of you who don't know who Houdini Brown is. That was Muhammad Ali's guy. I was always whispering in his ear. He was like an assistant trainer of sorts, and he would always get him gelled up and going and ready in the right way to do what he had to do. So, any coach that can do that for your star player, I, I could rock with it. I could definitely rock the la- with it. The, the last point I got on this is he also
2: was the second runner-up for the position before De- uh, Mike D'Antoni got it. <laughs> So, he was supposed to be the coach for the Rockets. He interviewed for the position right before Mike D'Antoni did. And, obviously, Daryl Morey liked Mike D'Antoni more because they were on the same page with that only threes, layups, and dunks. So, now that Daryl Morey gone, I feel like our coach kind of got freedom to run the system however he wants to run it. He already has a a good offensive mindset, as we can see, because of the Dallas. But, now that he has the freedom, what better team to start your – Uh, debut with other than the Rockets with two former MVPs. You you don't get that opportunity that often.
0: And if you're talking offensive efficiency, that's it. So let me ask you this. Does Silas have what it takes to get them over the top? And if not, what else do they need to help them get over the top? Well,
2: for one, they need a center that's taller than me. So... I mean, oh I, my god, I'm 6'3 with some Tim's on, I'm 6'5 like PJ Tucker, so that's why I
0: said that. We, not we, with we, the Tim's on, <laughs> not you out here hooping the Tim's. <laughs>
2: I'm just saying, if the center is PJ Tucker, I, I don't see like we've seen it, it doesn't work. Like, there's no answer for a guy like Anthony Davis, there's no answer for a guy like Joker, there's no answer for. A lot of guys without a without an efficient center, and even though our defense, the numbers technically were better when we got rid of Clint Capella, the rebounding after the fact was awful. We we got out rebounded by a team by forty one night.
0: Forty. I mean, but that's that's part of the game. Like, ain't that expected when you make that jump? or am I am, yes, I, high there? Yes, am I but but,
2: but that, that 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 cancels out the good defense you play when you get when you get up second chance points that that cancels out the good defense you play like in the You're half court without second chance points the rockets were a very very good defensive team without second chance points if you if you take out second chance points out the pitcher, they were a very solid defensive team because they were able to switch everything and they were ever able to trap down low because a lot of teams didn't have five shooters on the floor like the Rockets. So you were able to trap down low. And even teams like the Lakers that had a Danny Green. If he in a slump, we don't we not guarding Danny Green. We're gonna go trap Anthony Davis down low. But Anthony Davis missed a shot. Here come Dwight Howard. Well, he didn't play much, but here come LeBron James. Here come Markeith Morris getting rebounds, passing it back out, resetting it, and running another play and get the bucket the next in the next possession. So I mean, you you can't really you can't really run an efficient defense without getting a rebound.
0: That's right. It is ah, it is part of the defense. It is. Closing out the play is part of the play. You can't just say, uh, we're it's over and done with now, so we're going to keep it pushing even if you did not secure the rebound, which you need tall guys to do. Sorry, Daryl Morey. Sorry Moneyball. Sorry, Moneyball family, but that's just something you need to do. So, speaking of things folks need to do, does the college football does the uh, college football committee need to extend or expand the playoffs? Hear me out, hear me out, because people say I'm crazy here, but you've got number six, Cincinnati, out of the American Conference. You've got BYU at number nine, they're an independent team. You've got Coastal Carolina at number 15 out of the Sun Belt. You've got Marshall at 19 out of Conference USA. You've got uh, Liberty as well, breaking into the top 25 this week, who is also in the Sun Belt. So those Sunbelt teams will knock each other out. Sure, they'll cancel each other out. But does the playoff need to be expanded? What you thinking, Josh? Um, definitely, definitely.
1: Only because I feel like the point of playoffs in sports is to figure out the, the best team. I feel like football is the one anomaly in the NFL where, you know, a team may get hot. And since it's single games, uh, a team that's not necessarily the best team in football may win a Super Bowl. But nine times out of 10 in sports, the best team wins the championship. And I feel like you're really limiting not only the uh, level of competition or the the parity that could possibly happen in college football and create some way better stories, create way better legacies. And way better programming, but you're also limiting yourself on potential money that you can make. And if it's one thing, you know, the NCAA loves is money. So I'm, I'm honestly surprised that one, it took this long to have a playoffs to begin with. And two, when they initially introduced the playoffs, that it was only that it was only four teams. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Chris, what you thinking? Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, I mean, times where I was like, wow. The college foot those guys got in it's it's because and i don't think they should expand it far because this is college football they're not getting paid and a lot of times that college season ends near the finals like the school finals so i don't think the players should have to deal with all that stress when it, and then go take a final because that would be extremely hard to do as a, a recent college grad and i know all of us been in college before it, it, it's it's it, just that stress on top of having to go take a final will be ridiculous. Like, And, and even if they push it back farther, I feel like they could expand it even more. But as far – I think they should at least do eight teams because it's a lot of one-loss or zero-loss teams that don't get in
0: just because of popularity. I feel that. I feel that. So, Chris, you think it should be expanded out to eight? Josh, how many teams do you think it should be expanded to? I'm thinking eight. I'm thinking
1: eight as well. I mean, and, and it's even a possibility to expand further. But if we're at four, at least go to eight and see and see uh, how that turns out for you before you expand it further.
0: But at least eight to start. All right. Well, I got to be the crazy guy uh <laughs> You know what? I've embraced that. I've embraced that role on this show. And I'm living it today because there's some things about the playoffs that just. The the playoff, let me start by saying that Actually, no, I don't want to start off with that because that's going to get too many people not listening too early. But the biggest argument for why the playoff needs to be expanded didn't even come this year. Because all, while these teams are good, because of the nature of this season and everything that's happened surrounding the pandemic, everybody has that excuse. Whatever, sure, fine. But when I look at uh, and when I talk about how certain teams have been in the past. Because like I said, this year hidden Hooker at Virginia Tech just had a game where he went 10-10 uh, completed every ball he threw, scored three touchdowns, two of which were on the ground. So if you have him the whole year for Virginia Tech, does the season look differently is the question, right? Okay. But when you talk about it in the past, UCF has been kept out when they were undefeated and their average margin of victory over the teams they played was 20. I'm sorry, it was 22 to be exact. But the fact of the matter still remains. They beat everybody in front of them by an average of 20. And people love saying, well, who do you want to take out? Who would you take out for them? I don't say you take anybody out. I say right. you add in to allow for them. I say you add in to allow for them. There have been too many times in sports history, particularly college sports history, because these aren't professionals. These are 18 to 22-year-olds. And while they do play the game at a level which should be considered professional because of all the money and pageantry surrounding it, these are still 18 to 22-year-olds. They don't know how to do anything at a consistent level for any sustained period of time, including football. let the playoff expand. I say it should be expanded to 12. Now, I know that that's going to be a lot for some of y'all. Just hear me out, though. 12 allows, for right now, we have the Power 5, Big 10, Big 12, Pac-12, ACC, SEC, and we have the group of five, the MAC, Mountain West, Sunbelt. Um, I I can't remember the other two right now, uh, but you've got 10 conferences. 10 conferences in FBS football. Why would you not say, hey, we'll let in every conference champion and two um, and 2 at-large bids? And hear me out. I know sometimes the conference champions out of these conferences are awful. So let's make the parameter of if you're a conference champion and your RPI rating is outside of the top 40, you don't get in. You're replaced by an at-large. That way we don't have a 7-5 a Miami of Ohio going up against Alabama just because they won the conference. Right. I don't I don't see how there could be an argument against that simply because it gives everybody the chance. UCF has like dawned a national championship for the year that they went undefeated because they beat Auburn in uh, their bowl game and Auburn beat Alabama that year. Now, granted, Auburn had a lot of players sit out that bowl game because they had a lot of players that knew they were going pro. They knew that they were going to be pretty high draft picks regardless of what happened in the bowl game. So they sat out. And a lot of people said, well, that game right there shows you. It was a close game and Auburn sat that many players out. It doesn't matter. UCF did what they had to do. They beat who was in front of them. They were There were only two undefeated teams at the end of that season. It was Alabama and Auburn. That's it. So how anybody can make the argument of, well, their competition level wasn't good enough. If their competition level wasn't good enough and they won every game by three, sure, we can have that discussion. They won every game by 20. Everybody said that Boise State didn't have a chance against Oklahoma back when Ian Johnson was there. Well, look what happened. Everybody said that App State didn't have a chance against Michigan going into the big house. Well, look what happened. I mean, everybody said that that Utah team did not have a chance against Alabama when, uh, back when Urban Meyer was coaching at Utah, with Alex Smith there. Look what happened. I'm not saying that there won't be blowouts. Sure, sure, there will be. But aren't there already blowouts in the playoffs now with four teams? Right. Oklahoma, every year they went, have not had close games. Every single year. They might have had one against Georgia. I take that back. They might have had one close game against Georgia. Other than that, they get blown out the water every year. Every year, last couple years, the, even the championship ain't been close. So at the end of the day, if the argument is, hey, I don't, I don't want to see blowouts. Well, then why are you watching in particular? Because not too many of these games have gone down to the wire. We haven't seen one down to the wire since hun- the Hunter Riffro catch against Alabama. All I'm saying is, expand it to twelve. Let everybody in who's eligible to be in. Let every conference champion be in there. You can. You won't get any complaints. You won't get any of UCF talk about their national champions. What y'all think about that?
2: I
1: have. Um, you you provide a, a solid argument. You provide a valid argument. I have I have no gripes against that. Especially when when people say, well, I don't want to see blowouts. This that. I'm pretty sure the same people watching NCAA football are most likely watching NFL football. It's blowouts. Exactly. Those same exactly. people might be watching NBA playoffs. We just seen uh, we we see four straight games a blowout, so twelve games may not be a bad idea. And also, it, it provides uh, some sort of excitement, especially when crowds come back. Imagine if you got a team like a I don't even know uh, just some random team, Miami of Ohio. If they get hot and they end up in a championship game, that environment is going to be nuts.
0: Exactly, exactly, and I. I say this again. All of these bowl games are played in hot weather climates. I get it. Nobody wants to be anywhere for like the Orange Bowl being in Nebraska in January. Sounds awful. That sounds, <laughs> that just sounds like a bad time. But all of these especially games, especially since they are,
2: play on New Year's Day most
0: times. Ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. But all of these games, like we've already said, keep everything else the way it already is. But let's be honest with ourselves about what's happening here. Oklahoma got beat last year by LSU 63 to 28. They lost by five touchdowns. Five. Ohio State and Clemson was a close game, six-point game. But the actual championship, LSU beat Clemson by two touchdowns and a field goal, 42-25. Like what are we what are we saying here with this oh yeah, well there there will be blowouts. I don't even got to go to no other league. Just look at the college football playoff as it's already constructed. And you'll see. Hey, sometimes blowouts happen. The 2018-2019 season. Clemson won the national championship 44 to 16 over Bama. Right. Like what are we what are we doing and saying there will be blowouts here? What are we really doing? If you look at the games before that, that was the only year that Oklahoma played a close game. They lost to Alabama. 34 45, Clemson beat Notre Dame by 27. So again, let's stop the lies of oh, well, you know, if you let in a coastal Carolina, they'll get beat by a thousand. Coastal Carolina's undefeated this year, and they've been playing since jump. They've been playing since go. Only about what, seven, eight teams left in college football can say that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just and like I said, they're gonna have to play Liberty at some point in time. That would function as a de facto elimination game into the playoffs. I don't see a problem. I don't see a problem. You're not gonna have just because you expand it doesn't mean there's gonna be like a ton of awful teams getting in there. Like the worst team in the Mac is not gonna be there just because of this. The right. worst team in the in the in the Mountain West is not gonna be there. Like, what why are we why are we even still debating this? I'm just the worst team in the American Conference is not gonna be there. So you know, that's that's all I got to say on it.
2: I agree, man. I, I honestly agree. I think that having having more teams that at least just increase the the probability of the number one team losing. Like they won't it wouldn't be a for sure lock every year. Or it wouldn't even be a for sure lock the one or two team will, will win.
0: And that's and at the end of the day, all I want is for everybody to have a shot. That's all I want. I don't want for anybody to go undefeated and still not have a chance. Because the year with UCF, where they went undefeated, that showed me if a team that is not power five, if they beat every opponent they have by 20, and they still can't get in, nobody gonna get in. But you know what? Y'all tired of hearing me talk crazily about 12 teams. We tired of hearing Chris talk about all his teams and how good they're doing. We're tired of Chris telling us how bald we are. And y'all hear the Don (laughs) Tolliver playing, so y'all know what that means. We're going to let y'all get on on up out of here. But come on back next week, and a week after that, and a week after that, and a week after that. Peace and love, y'all.